We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox Trot and the Get Down, White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante. Do I just take Kenny's name out of the intro now? <laughs> I was just going to say, why don't we just stop saying his name, and when he comes up, uh, comes on, we can introduce him as a guest. What What do we need to do at this point? Because I don't know. I told you, ch- you. I told you. Bring Mark from OAR in to replace Kenny, and then Kenny <laughs> can try to earn his seat back. Look, uh, our guest Robert, today. Robert's would 100% come on. You know he would. I know, and, but Ro- take Kenny's spot. But Robert's is so fucking busy. Like, so unbelievably busy. Kenny has nothing to do other than rear children. Like, there's nothing he has to do. Do you think that Kenny's been he's doing. A, uh, he's a, he's a mid husband. A mid? Do you think. Yeah, mid. Do you think that Kenny's doing this as a motivational tactic to get us to go to number one? Do you think because <laughs> we're Kenny, just killing it without him? Yeah, uh, Kenny. I, I honestly, proofs in the pudding. Just on that note, I just want to say something. I'm the man who has the ball. I'm, I'm the, man the man who can throw it faster, faster than, than fuck. fuck. So that is why I am better than everyone in the world. Kiss my ass and suck my dick, everyone. You've reached the check the charts, pussies. Number twelve music commentary podcast. Number seventy five overall music podcast in the world. Suck it, Kenny Colin, I love how excited you are, but I hate to burst your bubble. Go. Those Apple charts are so fucking off. I, I don't very care. Well, what does very, it say? <laughs> I know we very well could be there, but like, uh, we're it's, pro- we're it's probably not. It's not. It's not just downloads week to week and like week over week. It's. I don't know what their formula is, but there is zero rhyme or reason to it. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me either. Guys, listen. Guys, listen. If this was like Dash Radio, no offense to Dash Radio, or uh, like Real Player, some janky company, I would agree with you. This is Apple we're talking about. Apple does not fuck around with anything. So look, I I'm taking taking their numbers as holy grail i already i agree and i don't know what the fucking formula is because this makes no sense we've had weeks where we've done way better but for i maybe it's aggregate over the fact that we've been killing it in the last two months i don't know uh i don't give a shit because it says it on the website that's all i care about that's it yeah uh, that, no that's fair but like keep busting out great content and great dialogue and that's what we worry about. Don't worry about chasing numbers because then you're chasing the wrong thing. Dave, if I have the opportunity to play that Kenny Powers clip, I'm going to play it. Very fair. That's I what I'm saying. I just introduced that uh, show to a girl uh, that I'm friends with, and she had never heard of it. I'm like, what? What? I'm like, she's like, I've never heard of it. I'm like, you know Will Ferrell, right? You know, like Craig Robinson what, what and, and Danny McBride, right? And she's like, yeah, I've heard of them all. Like, of Dude, course, Will Ferrell. Ashley like, Shaper's. Ashley Shaver is the most underrated TV character of all time. But he's not even Dude. the best side character in the show. Agreed. It's Stevie Janowski. Stevie Janowski. Yeah. Stevie uh, Jan- you mean Dave, Cherry Blossom? Dave, Dave, how long until uh, she? you get a text from her asking if that's a biopic on you? <laughs> of me? <laughs> yeah. I get, is this show about you? I yeah. always get Costanza, Eric Cartman, and Kenny Powers. 
You're like a combination like a of three. That's like a, a lethal trio. combo to have. What a trio! It's depending on the day of the week, which one day is which one Dave is. <laughs> Dave Pretty would be Kenny Bowers yes. one day and Costanza the next. I love it. Uh, uh, okay, so let's introduce today's guest. We have Cameron Duddy from the Muddy Midland, amazing band, two-time Grammy nominees, Tequila Company owners. Uh, this was one of my favorite convos, and it actually started with us busting Kenny's balls. But overall, what a life! What a dude! What a band, what a tequila. And I'm not just saying they're not paying a shit. I'm just saying I've drank a lot of that tequila in the past 24 hours and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Did you guys get, did you guys hit the I have not gotten, I'm going to get a bottle though. And I'm a judge, judge a book by the cover type of guy. Yeah. And I've worked in bars just like all three of us have. Not that I have like near the experience you guys do, but I worked like five, six years as a bar back bartender back when I was like 18 to 24 or so. And um, I could tell just by looking at that bottle, that's quality, quality tequila. Facts. Facts. So, oh, shout, it, shout it out. Insolito. Shouts out. Insolito. Uh, absolutely incredible product. And I will continue to drink this, and I'll continue to update you guys on my findings. Uh, but so far, the Blanco is just absolutely outstanding. You haven't so. busted into the in- in- Añejo or the... No, uh, no Añejo, no Reposado. I will be getting Reposado. into it, though. Yeah, Reposado. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Blanco guy. I like how I said I was drinking the Blanco, and, and Cameron goes... Yeah, that's basically like the baby version of the other two. And I was like, man. Hey, that's not good. a bad thing, though. You're working your way up. I'm a I'm a Blanco guy myself. Yep. I, I don't typically I, – I, I shouldn't say that. I If I have the choice between uh, Blanco and Añejo, then I'm taking Blanco. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm the opposite. I, I like Añejo even more than Reposado. I think I for me – it's like my caveman brain. I look at gold, gold. I think gold tequila, and I think about Cuervo and all the bad experiences I've had. And I, that's, I, I think that's probably like subconsciously block. why I do the same uh, thing. Cuervo is like the worst. Fucking, it's sandpaper. Cuervo is it's trash. It's just dude. the worst. I don't know I, anyone that has that hasn't had a bad experience with that. Dude, my, I really don't. I would rather have a shot of Malort than a shot of Cuervo. I'm I agree not with that. Agreed. Agreed. I agree with that. I uh, my just Dante, talking about it right now is making like the back of my throat feel like. One of, my worst Cuervo experience came uh, Memorial Day weekend. I was 25. This was five years ago. We were in Wildwood, New Jersey. There was like, I think, seven of us sharing a hotel room. And we were drinking Cuervo out of coffee cups. And I woke up the next morning, took a shower, and projectile vomited while I was in the shower. <laughs> and then laid on the bathroom tile floor naked. <laughs> I was dying. It's I've done worst, that plenty of times. It shouldn't even be allowed to be sold. It's the worst. It's like when dogs are really hot and they just lay on the floor near the vent. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like I do, the tile floor in a bathroom in the grimiest hotel room of all time was my air conditioning. Oh. But uh, uh, but no, the interview with Cam Duddy is coming up shortly. Absolutely unbelievable. Should I put the uh, just as a little bonus? Should I put the OAR bus interview at the end of this episode? Just yeah, throw it on. Okay, right. Yeah. All right. So we have two interviews now. Uh, we got a bonus interview. Uh, me bullshitting with the guys from OAR on the back of the bus. Uh, we got Cam Duddy as our main interview. It's a good hour long, so save some of that. Uh, but there's a couple things before we get into that I want to get into. And, guys, I think I changed the course of human history. I don't know if we, we – I, I did a big video on this, and uh, Capitol Records signed the first robot AI artist uh, to a contract. Did you, did you see this, Dave? I, so I haven't read the story. I saw it. I don't well, know if I this is it. an Didn't internet joke or not, but did the robot get canceled? He got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> he got dropped already. I made the video and then I went on 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 uh YouTube and there's like a thousand videos that say 
racist robot AI. Here's the backstory, basically. Fucking Capitol Records, I don't know what you're thinking. You guys are Frank Sinatra's label. You are a well-established record label. You should know better. I think somebody saw TikTok stats and were like, we should sign this guy. And they were like, well, it's a robot. It's AI. And they were like, fuck it. This is the future. Um, It's developed by two white guys. Dude. It's developed Dude, by- they're, they're signing NFT DJs. Like, it's the same thing. Like, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. People are just like, Dumb as fuck. Oh, oh, this is the, so this is the story. Oh. It was created by two white guys, two nerds, uh, and it's voiced by a Latino guy. This is what I this is what I've read and gathered. Uh, it is like one of the worst caricatures of rap I've ever seen in my entire life. Not to mention that the AI image uh, is saying the N word an awful lot. Uh, and finally, if if I'm looking at it and going. I can't believe nobody said anything about this. They got a letter from like a, an activist group that was basically like, this is one of the most offensive things we've ever seen. Please take this down. <laughs> and Capitol Records was like, oh, uh, okay. And they dropped it right away. This is one of the weirdest stories I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I, can- blog- I blogged it. Of course, it's, it's been sitting in drafts <laughs> for over a day. It's too controversial uh, for our fucking non-controversial company uh send me send me the video you did I'll, i'm gonna throw it in there and oh pray that God. it somehow gets gets posted but your video will get some clicks text it to me i will i just dude i'm just fucking dumbfounded that capital record i'm not at this. i'm not at all at dude. all i'm i'm dumbfounded that they didn't like dumb down the technology so that he wasn't just like you know like like rapping about the most generic stuff like they when did. i heard no dude when when i heard like some of the i was like wow they let this guy listen to a ton of like xoxo rappers and just program his little brain to spit out the same stuff dude did you know there's a, one of its music videos was it getting arrested by the cops <laughs> like, no, no, I didn't see that. This is, I, dude, I, this all feels like some sort of like weird edge lord joke to me. That like they, they were like, let's see how far we can take this. And then finally, Capitol Records was like, wait, is this racist? Yeah, it's racist. We should probably get rid of this. This is one of the wildest fucking things I've ever seen. And uh, Capitol Records, I said this in the video. Stop fucking. We should ro- sign. We should sign them. <laughs> <laughs> That'll put us on the map. Yeah. Uh, FN Mecca let's has fallen. Them. FN Mecca has fallen from Capitol Records to being the first signee of the On the Guest List podcast. <laughs> the podcast came out and said, do your thing, dude. We appreciate what you do. <laughs> You're not going to let the cancel mob get to us. I mean, we did say like months ago, if we want to take this podcast to the top yes. of the charts. Oh. And Colin, I know you love those numbers. We got to get canceled. <laughs> And David's right. David's right. Look at look at what this fucking uh this well, Andrew Tate. Look at him. He's getting. Oh, you mean the top G? Right. You mean and the top people, G? The, yeah, he's the top G. I'm actually gonna start saying that to everybody, just to piss people off. <laughs> Dave, but take over who, his spot yo, on Instagram. You literally. Yo, who is that guy? I had to have him Where explain to me from? on Monday. Deep state. Where I think he, he's deep. He's deep state. Dude, this where is the did story. Where come from? So his dad is like a grand ma- a black man, a grandmaster chess champion. <laughs> I guess he would like, and he's from Chicago. 
Uh, he really? would go. He would go to different parks in Chicago and play like he would play blindfolded and play like twelve people at once on different boards. And he would just go like rook to f five and whatever the numbers are, and like knight to b three and shit like that. He would dust them, and then he taught this Andrew Tate guy who's like genius level smart, like an IQ of one sixty or something, to uh to play chess. So he won the I it was Illinois was it Illinois. He won one of the state championships for 16-year-old division as a five-year-old. Then he became a uh, like a double, triple black belt with three yellow stripes in kickboxing. Yep. And n- now he's worth like millions upon millions upon millions of dollars because he just knows how to hustle. He's got like 12 passports, and he's up, all very open about this. He's really tight with the gambling community in different countries like Moldova and the Eastern European and shit. And um, then what was the last thing he? Oh, so he manages OnlyFans models and he <laughs> skims off the top of them. All he does is have them send him the risque pictures. And when you're chatting with dudes, he has like a whole laundry list of dudes that know what dudes want to hear when they want to spend money on sex. So it's all these inst- or these OnlyFans models that are talking to dudes without re- like talk or like dudes are talking to them without realizing they're talking to dudes and they just get suckered for thousands of dollars and he skimmed like wow. this guy is absurd so this, this guy's Lene kakua he's fucking he's literally Not really the pictures are of real models and like the, the picture of Lene kakua was of a real model. i mean that is a genius business model to be Dave, i do have to ask you though you know a lot did you like subscribe to hustlers university His dude no team? i i didn't know who this guy like i heard the name a couple times recently because if you have to unless you're living under a rock so right. chief explained all this to me so he showed me a couple of the clips i think it's blatantly like overzealous satire but oh, yeah. what he's saying in a few of them <laughs> Here we go. He's like this take guy's got a point. Like, All dudes are looking for a status. Like if everybody had a Lamborghini, would you want a Lamborghini? Yo, we need to get you signed up yes. for Hustlers. Hu- <laughs> yes, I still would. Bro, we need to sign you up for Hustlers University. I think I'm that already would be- a hustler. <laughs> wait, he had wait, that's his he has like an online school. He has an online school. Well, he's he's gotten scheme. taken down from like every social media platform for being sexist. Well, I saw that, and that's why I was yeah. like, who is this guy? Why is like Dude, Tate should make. He lives in like Romania or something. His Wait, mom's so Poland. So Poland. Colin, why do you think he's deep state? Oh, I don't know. It just seemed like something funny to say at the time. But uh, I, th- tell me, it doesn't feel like some sort of like plant. Like I don't know. Like there has to be something more. There's no way he got this famous overnight, and there wasn't something devious here going but, on. But this is the thing about him is that he is on such a I don't give a fuck level that. Like he's relishing in all this. The more he gets canceled, oh, yeah. the more the more fame he gets, the more money he makes. He, so he's like he's like all these nine. fucking crazy people that can't take a joke or can't just ignore someone they don't like. They they're feeding his fire, sure. and the more they bitch about him, the stronger. It's he's like Donald Trump. He's yeah. like Donald Trump. If you just ignore him, he'd go away. But uh, but yeah, that's it. Um. Andrew K. Chicago, though, huh? Yeah, uh, I don't know if he is. His dad is, though. Interesting. But um, uh, actually, he's from New York City. He was born in New York City, but was raised in London or something, somewhere in Europe. He's just he has like, I feel like he's like from. You ever seen the movie Taking Lives? You ever seen that movie with Ethan Hawke? 
Mm-hmm. No, he's just I been, feel like Ethan Hawke. I think he's just been killing people and taking their identities. He's just living multiple lives. Uh, but no, yeah, Andrew Tate. Uh, I don't know. How did we get there? FN Mecca? I don't know. Because he's been getting canceled by, like, canceled. everybody. Uh, but, right. So, long story short, if we do want to make number one on both charts, we have to hire this robot. Okay. Yo, can we interview the robot? We could ask him. Sign him. Can I be Please honest? Sign him. He's a free I'm, agent right now. I'm, we so, could do I'm, so, I'm so afraid of robots, dude. I'm so afraid of robots. I'm so I have such Terminator fear. I think that we're gonna wind up pushing this shit too far. And FM Mecca is gonna be the first. We already have. We already have. Oh yeah, we we already have. Dante started. Uh, I, I see. This is Dante's tinfoil hat memory right here. Um, we already have. Other than that, oh Dante, the other thing I want to talk about. You think that that Khaled DJ Khaled just released his track list? I dude, I have a feeling it's gonna be hot shit. I think it's gonna be hot dookie. I think it's gonna be terrible. I don't know, man. I saw. Eminem and Kanye yeah. on a track with produced by Dr. Dre. Like, what? Hold on. I got to pull that, this up. Dave, did you see this track list? I have not. Okay, so it, here, Drake. It, it looks like those fake festival flyers people make, except it it's a real track list. Okay, so it's, it's literally every artist you can think of. On Drake, that. Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, John Legend. Kanye West, Eminem, Future, Lil Baby, Lil Dirk, 21 Savage, Roddy Rich, Quavo, Take Off, Drake Again, Lil Baby Again, Future, SZA, Kodak Black, Don Tolliver, Travis Scott, Gunna, Roddy Rich. Dude, what the fuck? Like, Okay, it's either going to be complete and total fucking dog shit or it's going to be the greatest thing of all time. No in-between at all. I'm going dog shit, dude. I also I, I would a, lean dog shit. I have a weird like, dude. I can't I can't watch another video of DJ Khaled talking about. It. He's like everybody doubted us. I'm like, dude, you've been famous for like 15 fucking years. Who's still doubting you? Fucking this longer is, than that, yeah, bro. That's this is like whole, that's his whole gimmick. He has nothing else. Do you remember last year when he did the NBA All Star game and he stood on the stage and said so they told me, they said they told me I'd never be at the NBA All Star game doing the halftime show, but look at me here. It's like who the fuck said that, DJ Khaled? <laughs> who said who said that specific ass example? things that you wouldn't be able to do that's, you know what you bring up a good point that's so specific that it's got to be a lie that's what i'm saying it sucks man like, no I, one has I ever said him. you know who's never going to do the nba all-star game halftime show dj Khaled. they told me that i would never be number 12 on the music commentary charts in this number 76 even though the charts are all fucked up and it's probably not real but look at me now <laughs> He sucks, man. I've met him a few times. Not a not a good not a good dude. So we should get him on the podcast. Not a not a fan. Dude, he's, he's a he's a such a pretender. It's such mark. It's like someone asked on Facebook the other day. Or I posted that thing, and someone was like, "What? I don't understand. Like, what is it about this guy? What does he do? Like, he doesn't produce, obviously." And I said he was—he's a marketing machine inside a marketing machine. Fact. It's exactly I mean, what he is. Exactly was, what he is. If it wasn't for Snapchat, he would have went away years ago. Snapchat saved his career because he got lost at sea on a fucking jet ski and filmed the whole thing. It was hilarious. But then the shtick has been going now for like seven years, and I'm fried. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I would—I would love to have him on the podcast just to see how many things we can get him to say that he can't. They told my, us he would never be. I mean. I mean, I can ask my buddy. My buddy is like his shoe connect. Yeah. Like he's a huge sneakerhead, and uh, my buddy runs English Soul, which is like a huge sneaker. You know Warren, Dave. Dave's yeah, Warren I figured it was Warren. Up, Dave. I gotta yeah, hit so- him up soon. I want a new pair of ones. 
Yeah, so Warren like exclusively finds stuff for him, like super rare stuff. And he's like really cool and nice to Warren when he needs something, but the minute he doesn't need something, he's just he's just a piece of shit. So I don't know, maybe I can phone in a favor through Warren. I can fucking text Warren too. I talk to Warren somewhat regularly. What a great guy that guy is just as a side note. Oh, he's one of the one of the best people in the entire world. Would do anything for anybody. I might need to hit him up too. I want a pair of ones too. Oh yeah. Anything you need, he can get you. A hundred percent. I'll throw you in a group chat after this. I cannot find Jordan ones anywhere. Anywhere. They have they have a warehouse of everything, every size. Michigan, yeah. That's all he does is buy and sell shoes. He's got shoes that he posts on his Instagram that are like fifty thousand dollar plus. Oh, dude, he's he's got like all the like the M and M stuff. He's got all the like the player edition stuff, like the Drakes. He's got everything. All right, shout out Warren, dude. Anybody who has shoe needs, go find Warren. We'll put you in a group chat. Warren English, English Soul on Instagram. All right, well, let's uh before we get into on the list off the list, let's go into our first interview here. We'll get into our interview with Cam Duddy from Midland. Sadly, Cam, uh, Kenny just had twins, so Kenny's not going to be here. Dang, dude. Kenny's seed works, huh? Yeah, he dude, him, He had him like two months ago, and he, he's <laughs> acting like he had him yesterday. And Whoa, I'm actually straight. Uh, I'm shocked on two levels, and I'm happy for him that he's had <laughs> children. It's been a long time since I've seen Kenny, but the fact that he didn't go for the boys and just figure it out with the kids and not show up on this is fucking alarming to me. I'm keeping this all in, dude. Fuck yep, we are. We're we keeping are. this in. It has to be on that shit. Dude. I can't believe it. Kenny, right. I hope your kids are safe and sound and healthy. <laughs> Shame on you for not getting on this Remember thing. two years ago how COVID could be an excuse for anything, getting out of yeah. anything? But yeah. Kenny's using the kids as the new COVID excuse now. <laughs> Bro, I wish, I wish I could. I found that like the kid thing just isn't um, like, it's only a button you can press a couple times. And now that everyone's had kids that I'm surrounded by, it's like from all different ages, right? Like the guitar player in our band has a, a his daughter's going into high school. Whoa. So like, it's like, he's seen it all, man. So I can't, um, I can't like slip anything by him when it comes to the kids. Although he's, incredibly sympathetic when it does come to we've got two kids at home um it's not and you're here you're here i'm here bro you know what it did take a while so i apologize i know we're in the middle of tour and it's been hard to find a slot i see you've got insulito back there which is very Uh, i have insulito right here and i want to start with this because your people got this to me literally overnight Um, Uh, and, and just to Prefaces, we have Cam Duddy from the Amazing Midland on here. I know we started by talking shit on Kenny. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good way to start. I am, as most people in the music industry, I have incredible amount of bartending experience. Dante owns clubs. Dave oh, drinks. Nice. This is... <laughs> yeah, I just drink. <laughs> Dave, dude, this is one of the best tequilas I've ever had. I just tested it out because I was going to do a shot when we started, yeah. and I didn't want to make a face. I am a huge tequila drinker. My wife is a huge tequila drinker. This is Insolito. This is Midland's tequila. Uh, I have the Blanco here, and I figured ceremoniously the only way to start this, I'm doing oh. a shot, and I'm going to give the face Turn on it camera. Up, bro. I got the Blanco here. That's so, a hefty glass of it, too, man. Oh, my goodness. 
my boy takes a what looks like a three finger shot and down the gullet. It's fucking incredible, dude. It's so good. And if you're for those of you watching on YouTube, I did not grimace. I did not make a face. This no. is the Blanco. We have the Anejo and the Reposado over here. How did you guys get into, into the tequila game? Let's jump right into it, dude. Um, we, I, I will say that, like, well, let me back it up. We, we started in the tequila game because we were, we were um, fans of the game for obviously a long time. We found ourselves spending so much money on tequila. You know, you get a rider, right? They call it a rider backstage when you show up to a gig. And, um, and, and you've got your, the things that you, you know, kind of are requesting to be in your, in your green room, right. Is your writer and your writer has, it's different for every band, you know, whatever it is, popcorn, fresh fruit that you never eat or even look at, or even take the cellophane off of the plate, um, Skittles, you know, uh, kombucha, whatever it is. Tea. I see tea on tons uh, tea of Tea is, is a universal. It has to be on there. Throat coat is just kind of. Oh, yeah. What's it, get touched? What's it get touched once once a tour? The throat Maybe. coat? No, no. Actually, the tea goes every night. We don't do the whole box, but like each one of us will take a tea at some point during the day. I can tell okay. you that no one ever eats the fruit. It doesn't come <laughs> out of the tray. It's the most. It's so many fruit casualties on the road. But one thing that get, had been drank every night was tequila. And we, as we started to grow our band, we started to grow our taste in tequila. So we started requesting expensive tequilas. I would shout their names out, but that would be free uh, shout outs for them, which no free We don't do that. Insulino so, only. Insulino only. So, so here's, the, here's the dark secret, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. And I didn't know this until like our third tour manager. You pay for the writer. <laughs> you pay. The promoter takes care of sending the guys out to buy it for you, but it ultimately comes out of your bottom line. Okay. So we looked and we were like, holy shit, we just blew $100,000 on tequila over the last year. This is <laughs> so. And this is kind of before tequila was the thing. And before really whiskey was, was like, you know, there were some celebrity tequila, uh, whiskeys out there, but never really tequila. So we, we started on this process about six years ago. We linked up with a dude who had um, bought, uh, created a, 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 a company um, with a, quote, celebrity and knew how to do this thing and then uh, make it successful. So this guy, Pete, and I and the boys, um, we joined forces. And then uh, the whole... A whole year uh, was spent figuring out what the brand and the mission statement was, what we wanted to do, organic, right, like small batch. And then we had to find the distillers. And that was an incredible process. And we went down to Mexico a few times to meet with different people who were, you know, distillers um, in the tequila game all in the midst of an incredible um, whirlwind of touring. This was like four or five years ago. And we landed on and somehow managed to convince the Herrera brothers to join up with us. And these two brothers are generational um, mescaleros uh, and they have their own distillery up in the Sierra del Tigre mountains uh, in Jalisco. And uh, I know I'm droning on about this, but it's super passionate of mine. So 
it, it's important these details become fundamental in creating something that tastes good and that looks authentic and feels authentic and is authentic. And those guys are the special sauce, you know, instead of like, uh, 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 th their stills aren't copper, right? They make them out of um, stainless steel, right? And just the microclimates up in the, where they are, it factors into all the flavor profiles that you're getting. And, and at any rate, long story short, we're very, um, we're very, we're, we're very grateful to be in, in a business venture with these guys, the Herrera brothers. And you'll notice on the bottle, it doesn't say Midland on the front, you know, like this is about those guys. This is what not, does, a, celebrity. This is not a celebrity too. tequila. It, this is a flat out, just a straight up good tequila that we want to compete with anybody in the game. Cam, two things. One, did you guys hit it off with them right away or was there a little bit Total of legends. No, these guys are the best. These two brothers are really? so badass. Yeah. And, and their facility is like, it's really cool. It's like a blend between right now and future technology of distillery and old Mexican heritage. It's very cool. Yeah. Wherever to get there, you have to fly in. Um, it's in the mountains of Jalisco. It's like, dude, being an American um, with a reverence for the Mexican culture, because I grew up in South California, Southern California and Mark is from Arizona, right on the border. Um, you know, like it's, it's, um, it's a, it's such an incredible place that not enough people get to is, uh, the Sierra del Tigre mountains and the countryside to get there. I mean, you might as well be in Europe somewhere or in yeah. Spain. So, so like, correct me if I'm wrong, but tequila comes from just that one area of Mexico, right? Like Bordeaux comes from Bordeaux, France, Champagne comes from Champagne, France. You can't, you can't just grow tequila or agave plants anywhere in Mexico, right? It's that one you certain can region. Grow, you can grow agave anywhere, wherever it is a, um, is, um, a climate that will, is suitable for the agave, but it can't be called tequila unless it's made in a very specific part of the world. Uh, and then also, so they say, um, every tequila is mezcal, but not every mezcal is tequila. So there's also a process in which defines the tequila. But look, if you just like tequila and you don't care about any of this stuff, try a bottle of it and I'll do the Pepsi challenge against anybody. We won sip awards. I just um, did. I, I, listen, man, I want it because Colin got it the other night and texted our group and was like, yo, I just tried this stuff and no bullshit. It's really, 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 really I've good. I tried a ton. I, I love tequila. It's the only thing me and my wife can drink together because that's the only liquor she drinks. Yeah. I fucking love tequila. I need to get into the Reposado and the Anejo, but I've been killing this fucking Blanco and it's delicious. It's outstanding. Well, I want to say that you're, um, you're drinking the, like the child of the other two, right? Yes. Because we age our tequilas in American Oak, which is also kind of different, but the longer it sits in there, the, 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 the more the flavor profile changes. Of course, Reposado is slightly older than Blanco and then Yeho is older um, than both of the two. We don't add additives, right? We don't do like, and I hate to shit on anybody else, but 
There are celebrity brands that are made in the same factories as 15 other tequilas. And the only way that you can change the flavor profile is to add shit to it. Right. So that's not tequila, bro. That's cheating. So if we put uh, you in a ring with George Clooney, I assume like you'd, you'd beat the hell out of him, right? I will say, and look, you're talking to one of the biggest and greatest George Clooney fans on the face of the earth, but I, I put this up against their, I'm not going to say their name, but I will put yeah. this up against their tequila every single, we beat the shit out of their reposado. I don't even know what their tequila is called. I don't know what it's dude. called. It's completely out of my head. I actually <clears throat> do, but I'm not going to say it. Here's my question though. I know we have the Dirty Heads interview later today. Should I just grab the Reposado and the Anejo and just tank the Dirty Heads interview and just get hammered right now? Bro, tank it. Are you talking to Dirty Heads? Yeah. They've come on before. They're, they're good people. You've talked to a lot of people, man. That's really cool. What, what, what was your passion? Why did you guys get into... Uh, oh, we'll do a little background here. Give me a background. Uh, so when COVID hit, uh, I'm in a band called Foxtrot and the Get Down out of Philadelphia. Uh, we were touring the country. We were doing all this shit, big festivals. COVID hit. World shut down, couldn't tour. Started the podcast with the band, did 75 episodes. White Sox Dave texted me, blacked out one night to ask him how to play the guitar. And I said, we should turn this into content. Pitch that. They said, join his podcast. Me and Dave joined up, changed the name of the podcast. I'm friends with Kenny from writing songs in LA. Yeah. Brought Kenny on. Kenny's such a fucking lunatic that instantly Dave was like, okay, Kenny's got to be a co-host. And then Dante is just such a fucking vet and he's a Barstool guy and he's been trying to launch Barstool backstage. He joined the podcast and, you know, now we're drinking tequila with you. I love the format, boys. I love it. I think it's great. You guys have got gold. Not every, hey, look, in the way that all tequilas are mezcals, but not all mezcals are tequilas, you know, the, all, most uh, uh, people are podcasters, but Look, not all podcasters are people. That, that is the true <laughs> thing that's ever been said on this podcast. Mission Everybody's got a podcast now. Every fucking mediocre-looking white dude's got a podcast. I got a question for you, though. So Dante, sure. like we said at the start of the interview, he owns a bunch of clubs and bars throughout Chicago and uh, Ohio, Columbus and Cleveland, right, Dante? Oh, shit. Correct. So a few weeks back, Bruno Mars, who I know you know, um, he was in Dante's club uh, promoting their uh, new rum brand. And the rum, same thing. Like, I'm not a big, I'm, yeah. I don't, I'll call it a liquor head. I don't know what's good, what's bad. I, I can tell when I taste it, but you should stock up in Dante's bars because they're all killing it throughout Chicago. And I think uh, we're in Ohio. We're launching Ohio very soon. So we'd love to figure that out, Dante. But back to too, what? Mars's, uh, uh Selva. I guess no, we can say in. that because it's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah it's I got phenomenal. In fact, I've got it sitting. He sent me. Dude, it's phenomenal. It's good, well, huh? Well, let's circle back to that, though, because Kenny, we got the drop on you, dude. We got the intel. Kenny mm-hmm. gave us a little bit of background. Yeah. You've lived, you lived a life before Midland. Oh, yeah. You not only toured with Kenny and AWOL as a videographer, but yeah. you were a fucking video producer for Bruno Mars and a bunch of other people. Talk yeah. to us about the life before Midland. How did this all happen? That's why I wanted to transition like that. That's my man right Nice transition, dude. We're learning. We're evolving like the raptors in fucking uh, Jurassic Park. Dude. Turning into chickens and birds and stuff. Yeah. No, no. I'm talking about figuring out where the weak, the weak spots are in defenses. But like, yes, no, I, I got, got you. you. <laughs> Evolution, <laughs> smarts. Yeah, all that stuff. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I met Kenny back in L.A. I, um, I was, you know, I grew up doing two things always. Outside of sports, there was always 
so three things sports seasonal right and then music and movies and always all together you know um and uh it really got me through you know a kind of wild childhood full of divorces and um and like relocations and you know like just all sorts of normal 21st century or 20th century you know 80s babies growing up shit right Mm -hmm. and um I found myself in LA in a couple bands and those bands weren't really working out because in LA it's just so hard to to get a leg up as as you guys may or may not know it's definitely Tom Petty famously said if you want to start a band don't move to LA yep um and so when those bands didn't, it, I should say it, two of those bands, I was working with a guy, my, my friend, I had a band with a, my friend named Jess and I had a band with my buddy named Mark, separate bands. We'll get back to those two guys later. When those bands broke up, the, um, the obvious path for me, for me, maybe not to anybody else was, look, I have some friends like Aaron Bruno, of AWOL Nation, who is making it right now and just got a, a record deal. And oh, a couple other buddies that are kind of making it like, I'll just do music videos for those guys. If I can't do music, I'll do music videos. I've been doing videos my entire life, right? So like short films and shit like that, or like recreating Beastie Boys sabotage in high school, right? And like learning just learning how to film stuff and edit hold shit. on hold on hold on do you have that still yeah Dude, I, I it probably is a phone call away i know it's Dude, not i want to see that so it's so good it's it's really good would like, you say what's the weirdest video that you ever made because i have one from high school we had to do a spanish project and i was the only one who knew how to work a camera so i filmed this video where we had to make a commercial in spanish for our spanish class and we made up an energy drink called Make It Rain, which is El Jose Jover. Yeah. Uh, but we sh- we said it to Lil Wayne's Make It Rain with Fat oh, Joe. Yeah. Uh, it's still on YouTube. It is wildly offensive. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Fuck. It's still on YouTube. But that was my intro to, yeah. to video and shit like that. So besides sabotage, is there any other that you remember from a young age being like, oh, shit, I can do this? Oh, dude. I mean, in in... in- in video production was the only class I showed up for. So I basically, I almost got kicked out of high school for truancy. I was never there. Uh, my a single mom in high school, my, my, you know, it was, I was just, I, I was without a leash. I was a dog without a leash and I did whatever I wanted to. And the one thing that I could put my fo- focus, my energies towards was, was being in a band at the time. That one was called, I was post-metal, and I had gotten into funk and that, that record was, that band was called Awful Waffle. And, um, and salute and, your short, salute your short shout out. I got yeah, that. Yeah, straight yeah. up. Let's go. Okay. I love that. And <laughs> that's right, dude. Salute your shorts. <laughs> what a great show. What a Nickelodeon dude, dream. Dude, dude. They, dude you know? they used to, they ripped the kid's shirt up, put tennis racket. Yeah. Press tennis racket on him and poured syrup on it. Right. That's exactly right, dude. <laughs> that, was the, that was the band name. That's a great band. I got to try doing that again. Um, so on myself. So anyway, look, the worst thing I ever did, I don't know. I can't remember. There's so many weird shit things that I did. Um, 
in high school, but they were always like really well executed and like fully thought out. And, and like, I, you know, I knew I could start a project and finish a project and I could get people to do those things with me, you know? So that was a trick that I learned in high school and also building bands, right. And keeping bands together and, and trying to, um, you know, scheduling band practice and getting shows. Um, and so cut to LA without a band, I start doing like videography and music videos. And the first video video I ever did was for AWOL Nation sale. And um, it was uh, it was a harrowing experience to say the least because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing in the big leagues like that. And I made every mistake you could, but I, I eked it out, I finished it and I did it. And we call it directing, right? So there's, in, in music, there's a producer. In, in music, in movies and in music videos, there's a producer and a director. Sometimes they're the same guy, but I'm a director. I'm, I'm less a producer um, in an edit. But that's how I met uh, Kenny because he was involved in that project. And I found myself with, you know, a couple of years of doing like, music videos and, and, and like tour videography because I could hang on tour and I, you know, spoke the language and, um, you know, I was young enough and dumb enough to want to be on tour at the time. And, and I met Bruno Mars in that era and we hit it off and I got a couple great opportunities with him early on that were major wins. And I've just linked those terms like in skiing and ended up doing like eight or nine music videos for Bruno. And I, I did a ton of AWOL. And shit, I was, dude, I had climbed to the top of the heap in music video world, like in a matter of two or three years and was like working with JLo and Britney Spears. And um, uh, just like I had more work than I could ever want, you know, and I was operating at a high level. And then I got married and I invited Mark and Jess to the wedding up in Wyoming. We had a couple of days off before the wedding and we were just, I hadn't picked up a bass or a guitar and four years at that point we're sitting on the porch and we start playing music and the sparks were flying man and six months later we started recording music and i moved to texas and the rest is history i, I quit music videos now on that you said that <clears throat> your first project ever out in la was with sale and kenny and awol nation now we've heard the story of how sale was kind of born a thousand yeah. times through Kenny and it's an a awesome thousand. story. Yeah. He said he, it was just him and who was it? Who was he with? Aaron. Aaron. It was Aaron. Yeah. Uh, they're like, dude, let's just write a song. And they like got super stoned and in 45 minutes high on some one bedroom LA fucking dump of a couch or whatever. Uh, sale was born. And so you called it the big leagues. How long after sale was like you know i don't want to call it going viral because how long after it was like a smash hit because everybody and their mothers heard that song whether they realized it or not did you realize or did you hop on board with them i can't really remember the sequence of events but i remember aaron and i lived together we oh, were what? squatting in a in a in a in a guest house that my grandma owned and it was basically slums of Beverly Hills because it was in Beverly Hills, but we were literal bums. Like we could barely afford gas. We were living in Coldwater Canyon, but like total degenerate losers. And Aaron was on the backside of a third record deal and had lost everything in his life and was starting brand new. He was living mm -hmm. in the garage. I was living above him. Just like the best and the worst times all at once. And I remember he played sale for me upstairs in my room 
And immediately I started like sketching in a notepad, like what I wanted a music video to be for it. And, and um, that's that is a interesting now looking back and I haven't thought about this in years, but like the first inclination was how can I visualize this for Aaron and help him? We were so connected and close at the time and still remain good friends. Um, I was not the first guy on their list to do music videos. It was the second single that they tried. The first one was called Burn It Down. Mm-hmm. I had done a music video for it on my own dime that sucked fat nuts. It was terrible. <laughs> so they did an official video. I got called in to be the editor on it, which I was very grateful for. Aaron was always in my corner. Like Aaron was always like, yo, I got this guy. Like, you just don't understand. He's a genius. He was always being the drum for me. And um, like, he definitely started my path in, in, we were just, you know, we were just outcast together, you know, and really down our luck together and, and made the best of it. And when they called up for sale to do a music video, they didn't think it was going to be a hit. So they threw me some breadcrumbs. They're like, well, you did that editing thing. You kind of screwed up that directing job. We had to, like, here you go. And I, and I did the thing and it was a great video. I, I, it was the first like really great thing I ever did, I think. And um, the song took off within like six months. It so, does make me feel bad that we've made fun of that song so much because we're oh, it's like, total, it's parody now. Like, it's yeah, bad. Well, it is. Well, yeah. it's more that it's more that we've spent thousands of hours with Kenny, and we just love to make fun of him. Which is funny because we're making fun of something that is diamond and has brought Kenny immeasurable wealth. We're just like, yeah, fuck you, dude. That song sucks. It's no, I know. It's, it's look. You can only hear the song for the first time once, and that first time you're just like, oh shit. And by the way. This is way before Imagine, well, this is before Imagine Dragons, not way before, but it beats that version of rock and roll that we now know as pop rock um, by a good year and a half. And Aaron's band before that, the Giants was the predecessor to that sound. So like, I feel like without a question, and no one could argue this, that he was the, the, he, he wrote the prototype for what would be arena pop rock of the 21st century with that 100%. song and that sound. And it's like all great things. It's like, you get too much of it and you're just like, I can't ever hear this again. You before know? I ever met Kenny, before our first writing session in LA, I told him that song hit when I was in high school. So it was on the fucking radio every 10 seconds. Oh, and yeah. I hated him for it because it's all I ever heard. And then you get in a room with him and he's the nicest yeah. guy ever. Uh, although he's, you know, a flake now and doesn't show up to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, he's, you know, the riches have, have gone to his head. Dude, you know? Yeah, oh, 100%. Oh, no, the weed, the, the weed has gone to his head is the problem. Yeah, the weed, like, the riches. Well, so <laughs> hey, I'll be like, it'll be 2 a.m. I'll be drunkenly <laughs> stumbling home in an Uber and it'll pop on and I'll just send him a picture of like the the stereo saying sale AWOL Nation. It's how That song came um, out, what, 10 years ago? 12 10, years ago? 10, 12? Probably older than that. Yeah, older than that now, yeah. It's been around since the beginning of time. It's it's primal. <laughs> um, but no, so, okay, so let's go back through our steps here. So you guys link up, wedding weekend, you start making music. And obviously you're doing great with the music videos, but something happens where Midland starts to form. Like, what are those early stages like to where you guys are like, we could do this. We could absolutely do this. We, instead of, so it was reverse engineering, like from the get-go, like this is band, you know, 
23 for me, right? Since my first band's in sixth grade. Like real shit though, like going, practicing, making music, making, covering songs, booking shows, making the flyers. That's sixth grade, it starts for me. So by the time Midland is, is an idea, it's like, we're all living in different parts of the country at this point. Mark and I are in LA, but have full-time jobs, like I said, and, and Jess had moved back up to Portland. So we were trading songs via text after the wedding for about six months. And when enough songs accumulated, I suggested, why don't we just go book studio time out at this place called um, the Sonic Ranch outside of, of El Paso. And Shouts it's out in, the Sonic Ranch, one of the yeah. coolest studios in the world. Without a doubt, it's a total vibe and you go out and you lock away because it's in the middle of nowhere in the desert on the border in the middle of a pecan field with all the like the baddest ass equipment, but like everything around it is crumbling, you know, it's so cool. And you sleep away there like a sleepaway camp. And so we booked time, we went out there, we hammered out like 18 demos and uh, 10 days and on the flight home listening to the board mixes. I mean, speaking for myself, I was, I thought my life is about to change for sure. Like this is, this is way, really special. And it came um, relatively effortlessly since considering we hadn't like, you know, sweated it out in a garage or a rehearsal space anywhere. Um, so we got back and I immediately started rallying people around the project that I had met through, you know, my, my, uh, let's call it career and music videos at the time. So I, I, start, I had um, accumulated a uh, Rolodex of like managers and people mm -hmm. at labels that I had become familiar and, and friendly with and friends with. And so I started sending it out. What do you think? You know, and originally I really didn't see myself in the band. I wanted these two guys to have their own. I, I thought it was just them, you know, because I had my own gig <laughs> and I just through osmosis and, and like talking about it enough with people and selling it enough and like generating enough enthusiasm with it. And like, we went to go and shoot a music video for a song called 14 Gears that we recorded because that, you know, that was part of your EPK. We need a music video. Oh, the EPK. Wow. So who's going to be the bass player? Well, I played bass because I, I recorded on the sessions, right? Even though I showed up at the camera, I'm like, I'll play bass. I'll, I'll sing harmony. You know, it'll be my name in the liner credits. But now I'm in the music video and I'm directing the music video and I'm talking about it so much. I just be fucking started. I became in the band. And like I said, you know, I'm not a front man and I'm not like uh, a musical like efficient i'm not a i'm not a savant i'm not a super efficient at any one instrument i can play a lot of them really well but like i'm not a i'm not a lord i'm not a guitar lord I'm not a drum lord I'm not a bass lord um i the thing i do do well is i um i'd like to think that i i once i get something in my sights like there's no stopping me and i know how to keep people invested like, I know how to rally troops. And that's more how important to, than anything, I feel like. Oh, it's the most important thing in a band. Yeah. You can have a lot of great music and, and no... Um, the camaraderie is between everybody, so you can't take credit for that, right? Like, and we were built-in friends, so we had that additional advantage, right? We had already known each other. There was no getting to know you phase. We didn't meet each other in the fucking recycler. 
you know? But um, I, I, I think that every band needs somebody who's gonna like um, do the dirty work, you know? Like the shit that you don't wanna do. And I've, I find that I'm pretty good at that stuff, you know, and I don't mind doing it. So uh, it's just one of many elements that go into Midland that make it work. It's not the only one for sure, but um, you know, you can't do that without the songs and the songs originally came from Jess. Now we all write together. Um, we all share in that and, and the voices mark with our harmonies. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's got this charisma that is totally undeniable and timeless. Um, and, uh, you know, fucking, I play the bass. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, here, here's this. So you worked with like J-Lo and Britney Spears and Bruno Mars and all these mega A-list blue chip pop stars. How did you come up with the country sound? Because that's like a pretty big juxtaposition where it's just like, all right, here's Britney Spears in her super sexy jumpsuit. And then here's Midland, these like, you know, hill rods from Texas. It's totally like a non sequitur. It doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Like the guy who grew up in California who ends up doing music videos for Bruno Mars and J-Lo is now one third of a traditional country band. Mm -hmm, exactly. <laughs> Sounds um, like a Mad Lib, dude. I mean, Mark really originally turned me on to country in my early 20s when we were playing in our band, you know, and he grew up on a ranch in Arizona, you know, working in his parents' bar and, you know, wrangling steer. Like, he's a real cowboy and yeah. he really understands that. Um, and he comes from that stock and he has an incredible reverence for the music that, that he grew up with. The classics, George Strait, George Jones, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, yeah. you know. Um, so I was, uh, Merle Haggard, you know, was a big one that we bonded on over. But he was showing me this stuff and it was like, oh, this is, we got to cover that. So I'm, I'm like in a crash course of, of country music in my early 20s via Mark. And then like anything, I become obsessed with it. And so by the time Midland comes around, I've already got my bachelor in, country music um it's time to go for your your you know your doctorate whatever doctorate you yeah. know and you can't do that until you really start to write your own version of it and live it and when we moved to texas after those demos had been done and we were looking for a record deal for two years we hunkered down in this room right here and we played seven days a week working on our harmonies writing music rehearsing as a trio um booking gigs so you've got the guy that just came from being on set and in charge of million dollar music videos to leaving, moving to Dripping Springs, Texas, where no one had ever heard of, uh, and um, starting a country music band with his two knucklehead buddies, playing bar gigs on Wednesday night to zero people for drink tickets and people thought I was absolutely insane like my crew was calling me going dude like what did you do are you okay you didn't tell anybody you were leaving um and meanwhile I'm as happy as I've ever been in my life doing that you know in fact that was probably the, the happiest time of my entire 
you know, life so far was like doing that specific time growing and learning and like forging our band in the hockey talks. That's so fucking awesome, man. Give me, give me like a scale. So I assume you, I mean, you were making money doing the videographer, being a videographer, all those mega, mega famous music videos and everything. You left that on your own accord. How much hesitation out was there? Like 80% you knew it was going to work and that's why you did it or 20%, you know, maybe it doesn't like what, what was the breakdown like there? Um, I, you know, I figured nothing in this life is, is, is permanent. And I, I, I knew to trust my own barometer and I'd know when things weren't working. So I figured, and I told my wife when we were, and she, you know, she was, she would, let's go, like, let's buy a farm out there okay. and oh. like live this idea. Like she's from the Midwest. So she was like, get me out of the city. And so me and her road dogged it out here with a U-Haul full of our shit. I knew we both knew that like, if it wasn't, if it didn't work out, we could always sell this house that we bought and come back to LA, you know, no harm, no foul or find another path. But like life is really for, you know, it's like, you're never going to, you're not going to go to the same restaurant every night and buy, get the same meal every night. It's about all the flavors, you know, and, and trying to experience as much shit as you can. The older you get, it, the harder to do it, you know? So my motto is, you know, fucking just stay curious about all sorts of things, you know, and follow your passion. You have to listen to the, your the little voice in your head that goes, what's that book or like, you know, what's Australia look like, or, you know, it doesn't, it, Australia or, doesn't movie exist. or whatever, you know, like there's nothing is off the table. This might be the conversation this podcast needed right now. I don't know how else to put this, but this is like, I don't know. Like, I feel like we're at the stage right now where these are the conversations we need to have. And that is such a fucking great story because you guys have always intrigued me in a certain perspective, because I work a lot in Nashville. I write in Nashville for CSAC. So I, I work through that to cool. write with other country singers. Oh yeah. But Midland has always confused me in a certain perspective because you guys have always gotten major looks, but you don't really play the major pop country game. You're not writing the same songs as everybody else. You're doing this more iconoclast thing where you're, you're hearkening back to like the old style of country. Like how have you guys garnered that acceptance from the the Nashville kind of elites to to make the country that you're making and not doing the same thing as everybody else? Well, like with anything, whether you're writing a script or making a tequila brand or starting a country music band, um, you have to be in tune with the thing that got you into it and trying to stay true to that thing there's always going to be when it comes to art and commerce there's always going to be um there's always going to be casualties and you're always going to be um the word is escaping me right now because i haven't had my adaptogens but uh <laughs> um uh, concessions right the the trick is like where creating like Listen, being in tune with your own compass or the compass of your band and going like that concession is worth it. That one's not, this one isn't going to pull us too far from the course so we can do it. This one will. Right. And that's how you create something that lasts. I feel like, and that is, is, um, I don't know of quality. You know, we just happen to have this mandate that 
we wanted to honor the music that we loved listening to. And that was our North Star, you know, like it's pretty simple to stay on that course when, when you've identified why you started this thing and what you want to do with it. You know, yeah. I think the, the, the hardest thing to do is to get into a business and not exactly know what you want to do, mm. you know? And then you're just like, caught up in the Nashville system. And you're like, Oh, grow a mustache. I'll grow a mustache. Write this kind of song. Write this kind of song. You put a hat on. Cool. Put that. And now you're chasing a trend and you're fucked. You know, Yvonne Chouinard of, of Patagonia gave this interview and he said, you know, the minute you start listening to your audience, you've lost, mm. you know, you, what you need to do is continue to try and um, create and push your thing forward so that, like you can't chase the trend. You can't, I mean, you should look if this shirt sells a million shirts, we got to keep making this shirt. I'm not saying to not make the shirt or try to harness a thing that worked, but you have to evolve it forward. A hundred, a hundred percent. And I think that's what I've always really respected about you guys. And that's why I was so fucking excited that you guys were down to come on because in a world that we're speaking about the music industry, it's all trends all the time. But when you find those people that can buck the trends and do what they want, and then people start to follow that, those are the people that you want to talk to. The trendsetters. So the trendsetters. And I think that's what Midland has always been. And your life and your entire story is so goddamn interesting. It leads me to kind of where you guys are today and, and, and why you're here between Insolito, which is, once again, outstanding tequila. Everybody go get it. But you guys just had a new record drop. You have a tour. You guys are playing Red Rocks. You have a new single with John Party out. Kind of catch us up to where you are right now. Well, I think a great uh, connection between the last question and this one would be Midland has suffered in a way um, if you are going to create a scale of success based on uh, – Celebrity and money. We have definitely made uh, uh, suffered casualties and losses in that respect because we have not done all the things that most people in Nashville do. Mm. Um, we could be bigger. We could be more famous if we did a couple things differently. Move to Nashville for one. Fuck. Mm. Right? Um, but because we are who we are and there's no changing that um, we don't have 50, not every single one of our singles has gone number one right um, not every one of our uh, you know I mean fill, fill in the blank like what are the qualifiers you know like not all of them are a thousand percent aces right i can tell you the the things that have gone well for well for us have has been making and putting out incredible music mm. like pound for pound every one of our albums i would say that they're the best albums that have come out in the last couple of decades in country music i can say that because i'm part of a band now if i was the, if i was a solo artist that's kind of a shitty thing to say, <laughs> but I'm sharing in the glory here. We beat everybody else. That's a fact. If you have a difference of opinion, find the nearest wastebasket and throw it in there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> go, go full Kenny Powers, dude. Go Kenny Powers. Let's go. 
The other thing that we've done really well, it has served our fans live and we are a very hardworking touring band and we get out there often. And we, and when we do get out there and show up in your town, we put on a fucking great show, Mm. no tracks, all live music, honky tonk shit. You know, we can play in a bar, we can play in an arena, we can play in a stadium with Garth Brooks, which we have. So that is the thing that we're, oh yeah, man. What is, what is Garth like? Oh, Garth I've heard great, the, nothing but the best things. Garth, Garth is like, um, he's like, a, he's like celebrity Jesus. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was, all right. So I was going to say, I watched his doc and I was blown away at what a like philosopher he is. Like his, his anecdotes and his, his yeah. quotables were just like, I was like, this guy is like a fucking philosopher. Yeah, he's like um, he's like a baseball coach meets like a <laughs> um, meets George Strait or like Chris Ledoux or something like that. Uh, he's he's an incredibly um, um, abundant person, and his energy to be around is just whoa you know like it's does it's, does he ever slip into chris Gaines at all like does he ever slip into no the in fact you know we had a we have a podcast and a and a radio show and the podcast is called set it straight we um we we talk with people about each episode is surrounded by a um a, a, a fable or a lore in and around country music and we got to talk to him about an episode that involved him and signing autographs for 23 hours straight without taking a piss. And one of the things that we were told before getting into the interview was out of respect for Garth, please do not mention under any circumstance, Chris Ledoux, or I'm sorry, Chris, <laughs> Chris Gaines. Gaines. So, um, so you kind of have Tourette's a little bit like, you, you, like there's that voice in the back of your head like what if i just blurted it out right now but um <laughs> uh I, I would say that after meeting garth you just like uh you really just want to be a good person and very abundant with people in their time but he's been a celebrity for so long you have to imagine that it has had some sort of warp on his brain like he he seems very capable and comfortable comfortable being garth brooks all the time I'm different. Like I, 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 I have, to, I have to be able to walk away from being the Midland guy and just be a, like a guy in my underwear sitting in the back patio, like yeah, just church and state. completely fucking off. You know, church and state. I feel like he's like always Garth Brooks. It's hard to imagine him not being that. I mean, Cam, um, uh, this has been incredible. And I feel like you, you are cut from the same cloth as us. Like you are definitely from, our world we'd love to have you back on whenever yeah um and i know we've taken up a lot of your time just just to wrap things up though let's plug a couple things here uh what's the next show what's the next single is there anything you want to get out there a couple things bros one is we just put out our last album the last album that we put out recently is called the last resort greetings from um it's fire it is undeniable pleasurable boat drinking Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, truck driving mm -hmm. patio sitting whiskey insulin (laughs) high-fiving pool diving uh you know sexual power i dare you 
not to listen to this album. <laughs> um, we are taking it on the road to a city near you. Last fall was the Midwest and the East Coast. This fall, we're covering mostly the West. Couple highlights is we're playing some huge shows in Arizona. We're getting up to the PNW for the first time in a couple of years, which is exciting. Portland, Seattle. Mm -hmm. We're playing the Greek theater in LA, which is a victory lap for your boys. Because like I said, I grew up in LA. We started our bands in LA. Couldn't afford a burger in LA. Now your boys are playing the fucking Greek theater, headlining, sold out show at the Greek. Love it. Um, so get your scalp tickets. Um, playing Red Rocks, which is huge. Huge. That's fucking huge, man. Good for That's you, huge. dude. Thank you. We're super excited about that. Um, bucket list um, situation. And um we are going to australia in december so for all of your australian listeners look into that it's gonna be fun and uh, we've got a, a single out with john party at radio long um, neck way to go which, neck I way wanna, to go. which cam i want to i don't want to cut you off but i want to tie no. this back into Bring something it. uh i don't know who is responsible for your guys album and cover art but they are fucking incredible. I pulled up this, this cover art for Long Neck Way to Go, and I'm still, I've been staring at it this whole interview, and I'm still is laughing. It is, dude, it is one of the best, one of the best covers I've ever seen. Thanks, like all bro. you guys holding bowling balls, just staring off into <laughs> Dude, have you seen the music video? Bit. Bro, but hold on. Yeah. And then I've, I've seen some of your other ones, like uh, the Set It Straight. The caricature one in the cowboy boot is awesome. Thank you. Like you guys, you guys branding is great, but I do all that. That's someone's gonna do the dirty work. So dude, you are dude, you are like you are like a fucking Swiss Army knife. You do fucking everything, it sounds like. Someone's gotta sit in the dark recesses of a room and and you know, fucking hit keys and shit, but I'm happy to do it. I love it. Damn, man. You are you are one talented motherfucker. But I will I say, though, my wife also does. She does the photography and she directed Ooh. the music video for Long Neck Way to Go. So shouts out to Harper. Shouts out Harper. That's good. Uh, that's that's good to get some points in there right there. Yeah, there that's, you go. She can do and I'm dog meat. So I got one last but, question for you before we let you go. So you said yeah. you're on your way to getting a doctorate in, in country history country music all that good stuff yeah eric church had a, a line that really resonates with me the best blue jeans have skull rings oh. you did because that's like um, that's a grizzly that's a grizzly ring um but but uh i am no longer dipping um i you i had a your masters then are you a zen boy um mark is a zen boy mark is a big time zen boy dude uh i not that i'm um suggesting any of your listeners get addicted to um tobacco related products <laughs> dave does it every week so it doesn't matter but then yeah, my my it. move was the grizzly pouch that was my move uh it's hard to beat the grizzly pouch or a skull bandit but i i'm dude you get older and you're like like you you're find a couple years mixing, older than me mixing tobacco mixing um uh, nicotine with drinking on the road, dude. It's just like it's a it's a dangerous prospect. Yes, it is. So, 
right? To be focused, you have to have your shit clean. And for me, the cleanest energy drink is Insulito on any given night. And if I'm not hammering Insulitos, I'm hammering Coors Lights, bro. The silver bullet gets me there. There we go. I like to get blue and go to the mountains. I go to the mountains. Mountains are blue. Uh, Speaking of blue, Insulito Blanco. I yeah, that packaging full endorsement. Awesome, by the way, that first thing I was the voice. That wasn't just me, man. That was the voice. Great, it's a great name too. Trial it's, by uh, committee. Thank you. First how, thing how, I, did, how did you guys come up with the uh, the name? I wanted to ask you at the very Bro, beginning of the interview, but we got you, on a tangent. If you, if you think naming a band is hard, mm. <laughs> you try naming a tequila brand. I mean, fucking hardest thing we've ever had to do. It took months, and uh boy i'm almost positive it wasn't me that came up with insulita i want to say it was mark was there another uh, name that was close to being the tequila oh dude there were so many names man i mean they were all spanish names but like you the problem is you'd go and then you'd have to have your lawyers do a deep dive on like who's got a trademark, trademark on it yeah 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 so i mean come up with of all time and all of a sudden there's you know some some guys got that Salito was was free and clear and you know what totally um uh kismet destiny that we landed on that name because it's like kind of the only name it ever could have been you know insulino means rare and uncommon um and i feel like in the spirit of all the things that midland has ever done and and like we were talking about like just following your own path it's, it's a rarity that you get to do what we do on the level that we do while also enjoying your gig and making music that you're proud of, you know? So let, yeah, that, I, be a, let that be a, a um, inspiration for, for anybody who's listening. And I'm, I'm just saying, as a songwriter, as a musician, as a podcaster, as a bartender, I cover a lot of fields and I, oh, know, yeah. my fucking, I know my fucking tequila. This is some of the best tequila I've ever had in my entire life. I fully support wow. it. No free ads, or I guess free ads in this scenario, but uh, dude, yeah. get on the Insolito. Do it now. I love it. Yes. Man, what a, what a very, uh, what a rewarding interview this has been. Um, and, and Likewise. All, all positive vibes. Except for Kenny. The Kenny thing, we got it out of the way in the beginning. And you know what? I didn't miss him. I got to nope. say. <laughs> um, there there yeah. probably would have been too much familiarity anyway and it would have maybe jammed up our uh, natural flow so it is what it is you Kenny know what's Carson. great go ahead, go ahead. you know you know what's great so i've been slamming kenny every week so like hard. i did in the beginning of this and the fact that you just threw that in there too i've been doing it partly because he doesn't listen to these because if he did <laughs> he would be like dante you're a fucking cocksucker but he just said, <laughs> He just says, great episode, guys, or whatever. So I know he doesn't listen. <laughs> oh, I know you didn't listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so with you just throwing in that shot right there at the end, like he's going to, again, I hope, hopefully he does listen to this one. He'll either text, text me or he won't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I will say this, dude. This has been one of my favorite interviews we've done. Uh, everyone, go check out Midland on the Road. Listen to the new album, the new single with John Party. And please, go drink in Salido. Uh, Cam, anything else for us, brother? Dude, I would just say that, you know, I, it's, it's, you assume living in Texas now and, and like living in the world that, that most people are country music fans. You just get locked into that scenario, but it's, it's, it's important to remind myself that 
obviously not everyone's a country music fan. So if you're listening and you're like, I just don't like country music, so skip. And if you've made it this far, I know you're curious. Do me a favor, Midland is most people's um, gateway into country music. I can't tell you how many times people come to, up to us in the meet and greets or out in the world on tour and they go, I didn't like country music until I listened to you guys. Thank you so much. I've, I'm now a country music fan and you've opened the door to all these other people. That's the greatest compliment of all time. Hell yeah. So if you're curious, if you have a spare two minutes, just like go and listen to a song. And if you like it, then thank you. You know, if not, no problem. There's always sale, you know? <laughs> yeah, what you got your feet into. I love it. I love it. The callback. Oh, my God. All right, everybody, go listen to Midland. Drink in Toledo. Cam Duddy, thank you so much, brother. Cam, you're the man. All right, bros. All right, that was our friend Cam Duddy from Midland. Shouts out to Insolito. Shouts out to Midland. Amazing conversation. Fuck you, Kenny. Um, no, I'm really excited. Go check out their new album. Go check out everything they have going on. Uh, let's go on the list, off list before we get into our bonus interview with OAR. Wait, hold uh, on, hold on. Real quick on that. Yeah, after you. I I knew who Midland was, but everybody knows I'm not the biggest country fan. Yep. Fucking outstanding music. So good, dude. Outstanding music. And... Oh yeah! What a fucking great story that guy has. What a oh, life! He's the man. He's the man. What a life! I'm dead serious. Like that, uh, the stuff Kenny gave us though as backstory, where I didn't know he did the videos for Bruno Mars and shit. That was so fucking cool. Um, yeah, that uh, guy's crazy talented, man. Crazy people talented. like that just people like that just make me feel like a failure. As you're going to the airport for like the 90th I'm time really week. I'm not good at fucking anything. There is nothing I'm good at. Dave, you yeah, are that, that guy's that guy's like world class at five different things. You know what? I was gonna say something nice about Dave, but Dave doesn't want me to do that, so I'm gonna bite my tongue on it because I don't want to be a pussy. No, you can say that. You can say it. What are, what are you gonna say? I don't know, man. You're, you're just base, a, you're a baseball you're, savant. You're a good guy, dude. You're a good guy. Yeah, that's even <laughs> debatable. You are you, Dave, and that's what makes you special. Uh, Dave, why don't you start us off on the guest list? It's not your fault. It's, it's not, not your, not fault. your fault. Dave, look at me. It's not your fault. Look at me. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. I know. I know. No, seriously, look at me. It's not your fault. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Start crying. What are you doing? I'm, I can't cry on command. I'm not a good actor. I'm not good at anything. We just talked about this. But on my list, on Damn. the topic of shoes. So I got, I don't want to say decent. I got like, I'm missing a pair of ones now because mine are done. Um... I got like 10 pairs of Jordans mm-hmm. um, that I've had over the years. Some I won't even touch. I won't even bring them downtown. They're at my dad's house in a box. Like, I'm not touching them. But, uh, Dante, do you know who Match is? M-A-C-H-E. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, he hit me up. So, he uh, designed this. It's a custom shoe for the White Sox. And, oh. yeah, he hit me up. He's like, hey, man, like we've been following each other a long time. I know you're at least a little into shoes, which I would say I'm like a three or four out of 10. If chief is a zero, cause he wears the same shoes to literally every single function <laughs> to the gym, to the golf course, to like bars, to everything, which is the opposite of me. Um, then I'm like a three or four Dante way more than me. Anyways, he hit me up. He sent me a pair of these white socks. They're, they're just custom shoes. And each sure. pair is, is one of one. So it's, they're all specific to their own shoe. And, uh, I get them tomorrow and I'm super fucking psyched. And I'm like, dude, go, 
go through the barstool store and pick out literally anything. I will get it to you. And he's like, nah, man, like I just wanted to go to good home. Are you going to wear them? No, I won't wear them. No. Okay. I was going to ask, um, what's your favorite shoe that you have? Actually, do like the fire reds. I wear those a lot. They're sick. Dude. Um, yeah, Dave's Dave's got a badass pair of uh, fours. Say, are I, they? Fours I like or the. Fives? I wear the. I wear the threes and fours. Those are the ones I wear. Yeah, out. they're fours. You got. I'm weird. I'm weird. And I got. I. I men. I need twos right now. That's what I, res- I, I respect like the sneaker culture and all that shit. The only sneakers I really like are ones because they kind of remind me of boots. Like that's what I I lo- I kind of exclusively. The wear only boots. thing is with us, Colin, is we're just a little too short for for high tops. I think I feel See, awkward I, I rock, wearing high I, tops. I wear high tops all the time. All the time. I wear. I, never I try wear. to wear mids. My like casual going out shoe. I got like a thousand pair of Air Force Ones. And yeah. People give me shit. Those are the fucking best shoes on earth. I See, love I'm Air Force I'm rocking. Ones. I've been wearing a Nike Blazers, which are like basically. Blazers are what I've been wearing, but I wear high tops all the time. You know the shoe I never bought is Air Max. Um, I, I like those now because they they were like retro and they're like, yeah, ah, that's like what our parents would wear. But now they're cool again. Yeah, and I want a bunch of pairs. You know. Yeah, I think I'm starting to get in the shoes to sneakers now. I've always been a boot guy, but now I'm starting to, I'm starting to fuck around with sneakers a little bit. Uh, Dante, who's on your list? Uh, Hardy. Oh yeah, saw that video, dude. That looked amazing. Went and saw him last night at uh. Me and Dave's boys, Ed Warm, uh, Ed Warm. spot in Uptown Carol's Pub was. I've private. never been there before, dude. It's so awesome. You would love it. It's such a great dive with live music. Um, it almost went under. Like the lady that owned it for sixty years was just ready to like close it, and Ed went in there and saved it and bought it and redid it. He said that it was so. It's in. It was in such bad shape when he was there that he fell through the floor. Jesus. And like, yeah, almost like split his head open. But uh, yeah. So Bush is doing this country series, and uh, Hardy did like a private pop up show last night, and Ed invited me, and I uh, got to go, dude. I know he gets hated on a lot because he's got some, you know, commercial corny. Yeah, country song and it, but that hates deserve. That's why I wasn't like ecstatic listen, to go because that's the to kind of country I don't like. Listen to me. He has twelve number one hits. Yep. Yeah, ten of which aren't his. Yeah, he's like, a great songwriter, he's, dude. He's I didn't. He's banging out like God's country and all these. I'm like, wait, this is his song. Like he wrote ten smash hits for. Like other artists, like he did sand. He did sand in my. He did sand in my boots by Morgan Wallen. Great, he's an unbelievable songwriter, and him and his band, you can tell they're not country guys at heart. They were like, they were rocking hard as fuck, and you could tell they were a rock band oh, that. Yo, that I I do I to country music. I have to say this though, I think there is this weird thing that happened like ten years ago. Where every band that was in the Nickelback kind of like Godsmack scene that didn't make it just fucking took their Paul Reed Smiths and went over to country music. I agree. I totally agree. You know so what? Weird. I totally I, agree. Dude, I don't you, disagree. I'll send you pictures. You should see his his band. They all have long hair. They're all tatted up. Like he 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 is like a Jonathan Davis thing going too with like the glasses and the black like hair. I don't know. Did cornrows? I, no, no. <laughs> dude. Dante, they were they were sick though, man. It was a great show. He was supposed to do five songs. He played for an hour and fifteen minutes. 
I I turned down shit like this from you last minute a lot because I'm a fucking pussy. And once I hit the couch, it's hard to get me off it. Out. I'm fucked up. I should have gone. I promise I'll be there the next time. No, I don't care if I'm in fucking Alaska. I'll hit the next flight. I'll be there. All right. Dante spoils um, me with that shit way too much, and I can't reciprocate because I'm a fucking loser. Oh, dude, (laughs) I'm really, I'm really pissed. Uh, Leon Bridges did a private show at Soho House last night. It's the only time in my life I've been jealous that I didn't belong to Soho House. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah, he's playing at UIC Pavilion tonight, which you should go to, Dave. If I wasn't flying to New York right now, you bet your ass I would be there. But yeah, so my boy who was at the show was like, hey, I'm leaving here and going to Soho to see Leon Bridges. I was like, wait, 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 what? It's like, yeah, he's doing a he's doing a private show there. You didn't hear? It's like, no. He's like, let's go. I'm like, I'm not a member there, dude. I'm I can't go. It's like, you're I, not a member? I'm like, no, it's not not man, my that- scene. That's the social circles you're riding in where, like, it's a shock that you're not a member of Soho House. Dude, that's, like, the exact... Like, you want to hear the, how far away people. I'm being... I'm from being a member of Soho House? <laughs> how far? I didn't even know you had to be a member at Soho House. You do. Oh, dude, you don't want anything to do with it. It's, oh, like, no, the worst fucking pe- it's like, the worst people in the world. I can I, imagine. They're like have- Harvard. They're like Harvard people. They're, like... I, I always tell people, like, want to know how... Want to know if someone belongs to Soho House? You don't have to ask. They'll tell you. Dude, that's like, I went to fucking, uh, I wanted to go to Penn, like my entire childhood. And then I went to visit it. And I, within 10 minutes, I was like, I would, I would, I would be in fist fights every day here. Fuck that shit. <laughs> you don't belong I, at an Ivy League school, Colin. Listen, if you ever had to shower at the gym across the street from your house, because your house didn't have electricity growing up, you're not supposed to be at a pen, a pen, uh, like an Ivy League school, dude. I would have been fighting these pussies left and right. I would have bit a kid. Fuck that. I am not yep. going to an Ivy League school. Uh, they kicked you, no, they would have kicked you out. They would have been like, you're not our, you're not our kind. No, I, they could have smelled it on me, dude. Yeah. Um, my own list has to do with college. It's a uh, student loan forgiveness. Let's go. 10 G's knocked off, baby. I'm on my Hey, way. Colin, how much do you got? Left? Yeah. Uh, after the 10 G's, 20. Good for I, you, man. I thought it had to be over 40 or something like that. Nevertheless. Don't dash my dreams. <laughs> dude, I started with I started with uh, 75. I'm down to 48. Uh, haven't touched it since they put it on pause, which is fucking stupid because you could have just been tapping into straight principal. Dude, my wife has been knocking hers the fuck out. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I haven't paid a cent since I had, which is fucking dumb because I could be, but I'd I rather can't. gamble and drink and boy. be a fucking asshole. You're going to live with that debt forever anyway. What's the difference? Like, I don't know that they should be doing this. I don't know. I, I We're just going to be paying out of pocket elsewhere, I feel like. Dave, that money's stop. not real. That money's Dave, not real. Dave, stop speaking common sense. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, I don't know the first thing about money other than how to spend it. That's all I know about money. But- I, will, I, I will say this, dude. I will say this. There's a reason why this is happening. It's because there are midterm elections coming up. Oh, 100,000%. Yeah. And that's, it's semi-insulting to me that they're like, oh, Hey, peasants, by the way, here's 10 G's off of that fucking erroneous debt that we, like, leveled onto you. Please vote for us. Hey, Dante, here I got a question for you. I feel like you would know this. If I just didn't pay my – because they paused it till the new year again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was supposed to start 
was it this month or next month? It like, was supposed it, to be September 1st. Yeah. So a uh, week from now or whatever. Um, if I just, now that I own my own place, if I just stopped paying the loans, could the government like seize my house or would that not be allowed? I don't know how they, so the thing that. This It'll fucking tank idea. your credit. I don't Dude, give a shit about that, my credit. I already have my house. Yeah. So that's fuck? when I went to school. Thank you so much. When I went to school, um, it was before they like passed all the like stringent strict shit. And I was, I mean, I was dirt poor. I never would have been able to go to Loyola if I didn't get scholarships and student loans. And my big thing was like, you know what? Worst case scenario, I'm just going to default on this shit because it's not like they can take my education from me. Yeah. Like it's in my head. Like you're, you default on your mortgage, they can take your house. You default on your car loan, they can take your car. They can't take your fucking student. Like they can't take your education. So I'll lock you in Guantanamo Bay. But then while I was in school, they passed all these laws and they were like, yeah, if you don't fucking pay your student loans, you can't default on them. Like we'll find a way to make you pay till you die. Dude, um, I wasn't paying mine like the first five years out of college because I literally couldn't. And like you two, I didn't grow up with a fucking cent. Like my parents didn't have any money. Yeah. And they, I would get calls from like my aunt and shit. Like someone I see two, three times oh, a go, year, they, go they were going after, after her. Unbelievable. Yeah, they go after everybody. I've always been so afraid of fucking my credit up that I pay everything even if I have to like suck someone's dick for the money to do it because I don't want to fuck my credit up. Uh all I know is that looking forward to this, you know, bullshit. Debt Colin, here's another to... thing. Did you have a Pell Grant? No. That would have been another 10 G's off. I had I one of those, so I get 20. Ooh. Yeah. Davey Moneybags over here, dude. Not not really. <laughs> this is going to fuck everything up, I feel like. I feel like this is not a good idea. You can't just here's the thing here, here's the thing though, like dude. oh it doesn't exist like this is the way that I, my brain but it's all fake it's all fake money anyway these aren't goods that we're being paid for it's all fucking decimal points on a fucking computer it's all it is what is this fight club yes i am tyler durden and i'm fucking the other guy tyler tyler durden right yeah i'm both of them dude i'm fucking brad pitt and i'm ed norton i will blow up something i don't know way, Real I quick. just I don't know why I think it. I just feel like it's not a good idea. I do have to ask you this: Have you ever heard about the Chinese version of Flight Club? Like the in a movie? No, it's 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 the it's Flight Club, but they edited it in China. Oh no! I okay, so, so spoiler alert for everybody who's never seen Flight Club: You know the end when they blow up the financial building? Yes, yes. They end the movie before that the explosion, and there's a screen that comes up that says the criminals were arrested and everything went back. Like basically, they were like. <laughs> this terrorism never happened. The criminals were apprehended, and that's how the movie ends in China. That country sucks, man. No, that, that is country, some fucking wild shit, dude. That country sucks. Do you know what? Here's another. Here's another like uh, thing like that. You know the band, the Vandals. They're a yeah. punk band. Mm -hmm. They had an album called Van or Hitler Bad Vandals Good. And in Japan, they weren't going to let them release the album. So in Japan, they had to change the name to Free Ice Cream Treat Inside. <laughs> I swear to God. Why do you, why do you know all this? Yeah, why do you? I'm, dude, because I'm a fucking depth of bullshit knowledge. You should know this. Why it would be dirty, dirty at the dozen, dude. Uh, okay, let's let's run this real quick. I gotta run to the studio. Uh, Dave, who's off your list? Off my list, I uh, um, stabbing yourself. Colin, oh, I don't, yeah. Did were you here for any of that combo? 
Yeah, I was here. I saw your I saw your wound. Yeah, I texted a pic to the group if you want to like throw it in a social clip or something. Yeah, your hand gina. <laughs> for the people that listen to this show and don't listen to Redline Radio, which is probably many of you because the overlap shouldn't be all that huge, blah, blah, blah. Um, I I was at there's this meat market by my place in the West Loop that is like wholesale prices for any sort of steak ribs whatever so i go there all the time because it's the cheapest meat you're gonna find it's quality hey, weren't you telling weren't you telling me you get unbelievable cuts like butcher cut steaks there yeah dude like fucking nice ass steaks they have a it's it, this place is awesome it's a hidden gem i don't know why it's not insanely popular peoria meat market right peoria packing meat or Give something a like shout that out. um anyways the so they had this guys i gotta go i'm going through security all right Good luck, well, Dante. Later, Dante. Dante. This is tsa <laughs> off the list is TSA. So hey, that's a good off the list. That is a good uh, list. So I there was this box of breakfast of breakfast sausage patties, and I I knew I was gonna eat like half the box and chuck it, but it was like fifty breakfast patties for like five bucks. So I'm like, oh shit, I'll just get this. Whatever, can't beat that. Like make little homemade egg McMuffins and shit. Blah blah blah. So I I'm making two this morning, and um. Two of the patties were, they were frozen together because I've been keeping them frozen so they don't go bad too quickly. And I'm trying to pry them open with a knife and I'm, they're like so frozen together. I had to give it force. And then all of a sudden they cracked like a, like an egg and the knife just went right through the patty, right through my fucking hand. So obviously I'm not going to the hospital, which should be off my list going to the hospital because I'd rather get shot in the face than go to a hospital for anything. Be careful with that shot in the face stuff, dude. I've been there. Dude, and it hurts like so. I got it all wrapped up. I've been neosporing the shit out of it, but the the gash is so wide. It's yeah. you can see muscle and everything, and I don't think that. I think I'm gonna have to go and get it looked at tomorrow. I'll tell I'm you saying. this: I uh probably like eight months ago, I ripped my finger open in a toaster. I, I oh man, that just sounds to the, horrible. To it this day, I still can't feel the tip. Like the pad and the, like my finger yeah. never went back together. Like this I, it's, is, so it's this is numb. on like the knuckle, which yeah. I guess you're not really feeling anything with. So I got lucky in that regard. But dude, just like Ugh. imagining you getting your finger stuck in there, that just makes me uh gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, my leg is kicking right now because I'm thinking about it again. And it was the worst part was I could like hear it. Ugh. I could. Uh, it was fucking terrible, dude. Uh, my off the list is stitches. Because I don't know if that's where you're going, but I fucking hate stitches, dude. Fun fact about me, I've never one time had stitches and I've never broken a bone. I've broken... And I've had one cavity and it was in a baby tooth. Haven't had an adult tooth cavity. You're a fucking... You're like uh, built like a rock, dude. You don't get hurt. You don't... Well, I'm very dense, so yeah. my bones are like thick as fuck. And... <laughs> um. Like I'm right now 190 pounds, yeah. and right now people are like, "Dude, what are you down to? Like 165?" I'm like, hey, "No, you dude. look good." Um. Anyways, that's and I as a kid I would just drink like gallons of milk a day. I fucking to this day love milk. I don't I even love buy it because I'll go through a gallon just drinking it in one day. It's a waste yeah. of money. And um, my teeth, I brush them twice a day. That's all I do. And then I got like dental cleaning tools. I'll do every few days or whatever, but. I will say, dude, from personal experience, you're dense as fuck. We brought this up. You're a bowling ball. You're a fucking brick. Yeah, I uh, sent you flying in Nashville. Yep, never forget it. And then I got called a pussy because what's the word you used? You called me uh, dainty and feeble. I yeah, think. You, well, that's what you are. 
<laughs> Dude, I'll fucking lift such heavy weights in you. No, you wouldn't. I would. No, you, you don't wouldn't. lift heavy things, dude. I mean, I, I can, though. What do you think you can bench? Right now? Yeah. 255? 275. I, I, I go to the gym like I was, five days a week. I was going to say 275, but I, I, that'd be... I did, so I did th- uh, 225 12 times, and I maxed at uh, 315 three plates. When was that? College. Oh, my dude. I thought it, uh, if you're one of those people that can go to the gym like twice a year and still do like 275, uh, I, I'd be very upset. I haven't done a, a max out bench press in probably about mm, something when I was, I would guess when I was 24, so about 10 years. My, I lifted weights with my little brother recently, who I always say this. I lift for vanity. I lift, I lift strictly for looks and shit like that. My brother, yeah. my brother lifts ugly. My brother is like, I will become a fucking mountain of a man, and I will be fat, and I will fucking, but I will lift, I will deadlift 480 like it's nothing. Yeah. He's a firefighter. He don't give a fuck. He, uh, I, I lifted with him the entire time. Every time we did something, I said, what the fuck, dude? He's a goddamn truck. You would love my brother. I think you, I would. You and my brother are a lot alike. Like, although I will, you're kind of this way in a certain perspective. If I tell my brother, I could be like, yo, Matt, the sky's blue. He'd be like, fuck you. No, it's not. It's green. He's a contrarian. <laughs> he just loves to pick the other side. In the I'm argument. not a contrarian. Can I know. That's what I was contrarian. saying. I don't think you're a contrarian. I'm saying that was the difference there. Because you're Everybody pretty- has a take that they're afraid to say. I'm not afraid to say those takes that I have, even if I know I'm the, in the 1%. I mean, I agree, but I'm saying my brother, my brother does those takes strictly to do those takes. He's like, uh, I don't, I, there's so many examples I could give you. He's and like, I'll also, I'll also admit when I was wrong though, two, three years ago, I didn't think, I, I still think you can bring up the argument, but I didn't think Tom Brady was the greatest quarterback I'd ever seen. I do remember that at argument. this point. I don't, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. It's it's more for me him being able to stay healthy and as good as he is through as old as he is and that doesn't happen in football that'll never happen again. No, I mean you're watching that dude has more championships himself than every other organization in football. That's fucking insane. He's also 44. That's nuts. It, being that we beat him in 2017, all my Tom Brady hate just melted away. I don't give a shit. I still yeah, think he's a pussy that he wouldn't shake hands with Nick Foles. I think that's weird. Uh, yeah, but I got no why I, Nick Foles because Foles beat him in the. Super Bowl. Yeah, I know, but like, it's false. He's just a little dink. <laughs> I love yo. You, you he, Nick Foles, a lot of things. He ain't little, dude. You've never heard. Oh, he, you're right. He's he's a he's a big dink. He's got a fucking hammer horse cock. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> but I'll, point is, is I'll admit when I'm wrong. I I thought like if I was gonna play one football game, I thought Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen. Maybe yeah. that's PTSD because he's fucking ruined my life for the last right. 15 years. But um, so I admit I was wrong there, but I don't think I was wrong at the time. I don't think you're wrong um, in saying that if you had to win one game and you just on skill, no one's ever well, been Aaron Rodgers. Right. No, Aaron Rodgers is he's fucking athletic as shit. He can run. He can throw razor sharp, strong arm, durable. He's such a, he's such a dickhead, too, which is the funniest part. That, I, just, but I, I, that's the part I like love the, it, don't you? I love it, dude. Yeah. I fucking love it he has no problem giving a middle finger to anybody and i respect the shit out of that i don't care who he plays for is there any athlete that you hate but you would like love him on your team more than aaron Rodgers? i mean dante is not here but i 
I've gotten to know Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. First name basis. It's sure. not like I fucking talked to Anthony Rizzo, but like I've met him many, many times through Dante. And and I hate the Chicago Cubs. Obviously, well, Obviously. I hate the Yankees too. Um, but the first time I met him, him and I were talking, and Dante, the dickhead he is, he's like, Yeah, Dave hopes you guys lose every game. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> so you're one of those guys, huh? I'm like, and I, I meant this, I've I said this well before I met him. I was like, Anthony Rizzo's the fucking first guy I want to start a baseball team with. He's tough as nails. Yep. He fucking hits for power, average, unbelievable defense. And he had that five-year stretch where he was just fucking amazing. He's still and, he's having a great year this year, too. Yeah, he's almost, he's got 30 bombs or something. He's fucking yep. great. He's going to get paid. I'm glad for him. But, uh, like, I wanted him to lose every game, but I, I can separate the player from the team at the same time, you know? What a poverty organization the Cubs are. Just they're going to start to be really good, I think. Okay, but I mean, dude, you had that. To be fair, they did exactly what the Phillies did. In, in 2008, we won, went back to the World Series, and then just slowly deteriorated over the next fucking decade. We had that core with that pitching staff. Yep. And like the late, the Cubs were the exact same thing. Cliff Lee, uh, Holiday, Halliday. Halliday, Hamels, Hamels. Oswald. Oh, uh, dude, that's a fucking, that's a loaded front Yeah, right our there. fucking, yeah. our fifth starter was Joe Blanton. Who had a career, yeah. yeah. And then we had Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, yep. Pedro Feliz, Shane Victorino, Jason Wirth. Uh, who the fuck was our left fielder? I don't remember. Jason Wirth, he's an Illinois guy. Jason um, Wirth, drafted as a catcher, which I learned. He was the last, well, not, I shouldn't say that, until, until two or three years ago, he was the last Illinois high school player drafted in the first round as a position player. We get pitchers drafted in the first round like every year for some reason, but... He was the last position player in like 96 or something. Uh, I'm trying to think who. I don't know why this thought just came into my head when you said last. I was. Did you know Mike Piazza was the last pick in the draft? Yeah, it was Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was, like he was Tommy number... Lasorda's nephew. Yeah. Which yeah. happens like. Like I, that happens regularly. Like yeah. there was a kid I played against in high school who his dad used to be the head scout for the White Sox. He got drafted in like the 38th round, didn't sign, went and played division three golf. Wow. Yeah. He was a good player, but he was not close to being like, Oh, this kid's getting drafted. So those favors are like always handed out. Bro. Piazza was my favorite athlete growing up. We, I, I was a catcher. Piazza's from five minutes from where I live right now. Oh, I didn't know he was a Philly guy. Yeah, he's from Norristown. I live in in Maine. Yeah, I know Norristown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, he has a bunch of car dealerships out here. But I used to wear a Mets jersey to Phillies games when I was a little kid. Uh, that would. Did you get batteries thrown at you? Are you fucking kidding me? Grown men used to throw shit at me, and my parents used to let it happen. I'm sure they did. That's <laughs> it, how you know they were good parents. But that's how that's how much I love Philly. That I supported the only Philly athlete that I could know was Mike Piazza. But yeah, I used to, dude, to this day, I'll still look at my mom being like, what the fuck were you doing? Let me do that. She was like, you liked him. And I was like, I was wearing a Mets jersey to a Phillies game. She was like, but it was for Mike Piazza. And I was like, yeah, well, the grownups next to me didn't fucking know that. Uh, yeah, I remember that very vehemently. Uh, all right, fuck this. Let's get out of here. Um, good music talk right there. Big thanks to Cam Duddy. Uh, let's wrap this up. Let's go into our little bonus Barstool backstage interview I just did on the bus with our good friends, OAR.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, Barstool backstage here in Philadelphia. I am sitting here with the mighty OAR. I just found out they're going on stage in 20 fucking minutes, so yes. thanks for the heads up, Mark. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Jesus no pressure. Christ. Uh, first off, golf today. How'd that go? Golf went great. We were 600. Yeah, I think I was like 10 under, but no. I was 11 under. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first off, give me a rundown of, of an average day on tour. What, do you, what Are you golfing every day? So our goal is to not suck at golf. So that when people invite us to play golf, we don't suck as bad as we do. And I think every day we're getting closer to not sucking as bad. Does that answer your question? I feel like that's the goal of every golfer, though. Like, that's generally, like, my only goal in life is to be able to play golf and not embarrass myself. I think, like, either you are great at golf. Come on in, Richie. Come on in, dude. Let's go. Oh, Hope oh, in oh, is running oh. through. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is a realistic picture of what a tour bus is like, by the way. This is the 20 minutes before a show tour bus, exactly what's happening. Yeah, I was going to so. Have you guys been flip-flopping with Dispatch as headliners per per, per per show? Yeah, we've been every night basically flip-flopping. Uh, but it works out great. Like, honestly, we split about the same amount of time on stage, yeah. whether who goes on first or second. But the real cool thing is that at the end of the night, all the bands are on stage together for a huge encore. I've know, heard so. that as well, which I, I, I can't wait to see that tonight. Uh, I do have to ask, though. So you guys obviously took a break because of COVID, playing shows and everything. Has this tour been different? Like, how does it feel, honestly, getting back out on stage with everybody? Summer camp. <laughs> Summer <know>. camp. <laughs> Yo. Like, how can we put this, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's the most fun ever. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, is it a different energy now? Like, because obviously you guys have been hitting the road for 20, 25 years now. So it's like taking that break and getting back on stage. Do you feel the difference? We do. Honestly, we always have this attitude that. We're really, really lucky to do this job. Yeah. First of all, make up songs in a basement somewhere, and then you get to play them in front of people. Yeah. Right? People come to the shows, but more so when we grew up, we were going to Dave Matthews shows at Nissan Pavilion in our friend's mom's minivan. We yep. take the seats out, and you put, you know, whatever you got in there. <laughs> and we always said, uh, wouldn't it be amazing to be the band that people did that for? Right. To mom's minivan friends best friends the crew man it's like so we actually do that and we're psyched and then when it was no longer available to us right we felt that for sure and made it a, a, a another promise the same one that hey when we come back to doing it we're going to double down on the gratitude as the yeah. attitude double down on the how lucky are we to be doing this so we don't ever once forget it we never took it for granted yeah but like now we're double not taking yeah, I mean, you can at this point. And like, it's good to see people back out having fun, going to shows. But I mean, just the feeling of being on the road with your boys, though, like that is such a fucking special feeling to like. Because I know from my perspective, like I've done shows since, but I haven't been on a full tour yet. But that feeling of like, there's nothing like being on the road and just dicking around with your friends, playing You're golf. You're totally right. It honestly is. And what we sort of forgot or maybe didn't realize is how normal it would feel to be back on stage that two hours on stage yep. just kind of felt like we had just kind of you know it, yeah. just, nothing had changed it's the rest of the day the 22 hours you're yep. like oh this is what i missed i hanging out with the guys is we either do like a group workout in the yep. morning is pretty popular we, we set up uh once we dump all the cases from the back of the trucks of course we set up like a boxing gym in there oh what? um we do all kinds of fun stuff get out and play golf okay. tomorrow yeah, Jerry. Jerry's the trainer. The trainer. Right there. Yeah. Um, we go like tomorrow. We get to go do this uh, Ford Bronco off-roading experience. So there's some fun stuff out there, but there is a lot of work that goes into planning all of this. It really is so, summer camp at this point. Yeah, it, it feels <laughs> like it in a lot of ways. You ever seen that movie, Grown Ups? Yeah. 
Dude, now real quick, speaking <laughs> speaking of adult children, we need to talk about this. This is Barstool backstage. New record just came out, and the lead single, Fiddleberg, is in the video. And I was there for the night in Philly that it was released. My be still my heart. How the fuck did Fiddleberg wind up in the in the clouds video? All right, so let me tell you something. Yeah, I mean, it a, makes sense. A, it makes hundred percent sense. A. <laughs> Next question. No. Um, so basically, years ago, John, um, Kevin, and our man Nate, who Eric has always shown us love, always had our back. Um, they were uh, aware of what we were doing. We were aware of what they were doing. But we released this album called The Mighty OAR. And it came out, and we were doing an event at the Sony building. And I see in the audience is, you know, John and Kevin and Eric. And I'm like, man, like, after work, you could go to do a million things. Yep. But at happy hour, you came here and supported us. And we, of course, had hung out and known one another and all that. But I looked at John, and I, I really felt, I said, John, you know, I, I think you're a movie star. I really do. And um, and I was the first to say this of in my world. Now everyone's talking <laughs> about John. But, like, we knew he, we wanted him to be in a video for that album. But But that album came and went. We, we had this idea, and, and then when this record came out, and we knew we had something special we needed a video for immediately, yeah. there was no other person we called. I mean... Well, hang on, let me think. <laughs> Mark wouldn't even say this part of it. Mark wrote the treatment for that video. Mark created that whole thing. Too. Oh, so you had the and idea to have wrote him like it covered in, in mind. So yeah. he had John in mind, too, and that's why it all really came together. It's one thing... You know, when, you know, you hire some great people and we're lucky, lucky to work with a lot of, of course, brilliant people. But uh, there's something special about it. It's the same as when, like, Mark writes the lyrics, Mark writes the song, you know, that yeah. kind of vision. It's just executed on a different level when it comes straight from the book. It's just funny for me to sit here and think of, of Mark sitting with a notebook and being like, Fiddleberg. Covered in Sour Patch Kids, floating through the sky. Like, I'll show you the journal. It all, it, you the do you have the actual journal? I have the treatment written out, created by PT. Unfucking believable. And we do our shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's our tagline. Oh my god. <laughs> but yes, it was literally, you know, the whole point of the video. You know, John has <laughs> sad boy C's and all these yep. things, right? But it and but to me, he brings joy. He's he fucking bring, hilarious. He brings joy, straight joy. So in the video treatment, it it says, you know, nobody. Knows. I'll send it to you so you have Please it for do. reference. Yeah. Um, it is specifically like let's follow someone through a day as they bring joy to those around them who are might maybe not seeing the glass half full at the moment. That was the idea. John allowed the characters to see the joy, and that's what he does in real life. He allows the audience to find the joy, and sometimes in his sadness. But, you know, in this video, it was all about joy. If I had a dollar for all the time I spent listening to Feidelberg on KFC Radio talking about, like, doing mushrooms and thinking he was hallucinating a woman that was coming into his house that wasn't really there, but she was there, <laughs> you're right. It's what he does. It's it's pretty pretty goddamn he accurate. He brings me joy. <laughs> he does. Uh, I know you guys do have to, to move in a couple minutes. I am No, curious. this is good. I like having this natural, this real, real is this, time. This Michael is Paris. This hey, is tour. Hey. This is <laughs> Come on through, man. Come on through. Come on through. This is what we say about Barstool Backstage, though, is it's musicians interviewing musicians, and it's a real fucking view into what this shit is like. It's not nerd, like some nerd journalist from Rolling Stone sitting oh, there being Oh, we're like, nerds. I know you're <laughs> a nerd, and I'm a nerd, too, but it's like you get the experience. And um, I, to, to, to cap this off, I do have a question. So last year, you were one of the first people that worked with us on the podcast. I came to New York. 
And uh, as advice to White Sox, Dave, you gave us your rules of rock and roll. Yes. Do you remember this? Yes. I want to read some of these off and see whether or not they still apply. So these are Mark's rules. Rule number one, there's no rules. Does that still apply? Yeah. Absolutely. This is arts and crafts. Uh, <laughs> it's, there's no limits. You do whatever you got to do. All right. Number two is uh, be fun and have fun. Does that still apply? In our huddle before every single show, which we will do tonight, and we'll sneak a little video of it, um, our, our motto to tell each other is, listen, have the best time ever. Have the best show ever. Yep. And it's like it's your last show. Yes. Okay. Uh, Whoever has the most fun wins. There you go. Whoever has the most fun wins. Sorry. <laughs> uh, don't smash guitars. Does that still apply? Look, when, when I see Mike McCready smash guitars, yep. I'm like, yes. Fuck yeah. Earned it, does it, awesome. When I smash a guitar, I'm imagining, like, someone who needs a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> like you in Chicago when your shit broke in transit and White Sox Dave saved your and ass. White Sox Dave saved the day. Um, yeah. Yes, I think about the guitar and the person who needs it, but when I see a rock star do it, I'm like, totally get it. So only half that rule applies. It applies to us. Don't We don't break stuff, but they should. Uh, last rule was don't shit on the bus. Still, Still applies. applies. Still applies big time. That is like a cliche, but that's a real thing. Like, Also, I tour in a fucking van or an SUV, so shitting on the bus is not a problem for me. Unless... <laughs> Well, we won't leave you alone on the bus. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> no, uh, last question. New album. Are you playing a lot of it or are you doing more uh, more old stuff right now? Well, you know, it's somewhat of an abbreviated set for us because we're doing the co-headlining tour. So you're going to get a mix of everything. You're right. going to get mostly like classics and some fun songs that we think like our diehard fan base that's been with us for 25 years right. wants to hear. And some of it's going to be some new songs. You know, we're not going to, you know, slam it down your throat. Right. I don't like going to a concert when the band's playing all new shit. All new shit, yeah. It's so annoying. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I love playing a few new songs. Yeah. I love getting the chance to go, okay, well, we haven't even played the entire record yet. Like, right. They're, like, I'm on edge, like, going, oh, what new song are we going to, like, debut next? Well, you know? On that note, is there anything you're tired of playing yet? Oh, my God. You got a list of songs? <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> Mark's ready to strangle you, dude. Never. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Um, no, honestly, I think um, it's so cliche, but crazy game of poker. Yep. It's just, you know, when you start the first chord, yep. Mark says, oh, my. And just you see people light up. Yeah. And that doesn't get old. You know, that's my favorite. But... Ah, yeah, he, that was it. That was it. But you know, we—it's also like a fucking fourteen-minute song live, so it's got to be, got to be tough. Tonight, tonight it'll be. It's short. It's real short. <laughs> We've abbreviated it quite a bit, but you know, yeah. So look, we love, we love, look, we love playing these songs every night. We talk about have the best time ever because yeah. who who knew that we were gonna get to do this? I mean, we didn't. Yeah. And so it's hard to pick songs that do that you don't want to play. I wonder, I mean, some of the songs that are difficult to play are not fun to play the sure. first few times. Of course. But after that, it's smooth sailing. How the fuck did we not touch on this, dude? A little promo. You have a, your own festival coming up. Wow. So we have been lucky enough to partner with the king of festivals. Uh, Tim Sweetwood and the folks at C3 yep. make magic happen. Yep. Um, for whatever reason, they see our story and they hear our story and said, let's let's tell your story about Maryland. Right. What the East Coast has to bring and a festival to a place like Ocean City, Maryland, which just is waiting for people to come. It's and great town. It's a great town, great town. Great beach. Huge area. Major, major festival. Yep. Three days. Thirty bands. Pretty much sold out. 
But Ooh. there's stuff available. Go out there and find it. Come join us. We'd love to see you. But um, it's an annual event that's kicking off. Thank, thankfully, we have folks, partners who um, just enjoy working with us and creating something together through their know-how and um, allowing to share that vision. It's just been an amazing experience. So it's a real deal. Ocean's Calling, September 30th, October 1 and 2. Let's go. Yeah, for anybody who can't attend, uh, my band will be playing the parking lot across the street. <laughs> 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 We're, uh, no, but Pup Punk will be there. So uh, Pup go Pup see Pup Punk, yeah. Robbie Fox, PFT. Uh, other than that, is there anybody at the festival you guys are like overtly, like outwardly excited to see? Like someone that you haven't seen yet? You want, look at that head shake, dude. Yeah, so like out of the '90s throwback stuff, uh, the samples is a big one for me. There you go. Out of the 2000s kind of throwback stuff, Jimmy at World is gonna kill. They're most so underrated, most live, underrated goddamn so band good. ever. So good. And then of the current stuff, yeah. there's a lot of current stuff that goes well with the whole kind of vibe of what we're doing here. Uh, I'd have to go. I don't know. Is that? I mean, definitely gonna catch Young the Giant. Love Young the Giant. I also love Noah Khan. Um, there's, I mean, I could list it off all day. I mean, Skip Marley, who do you think? Lawrence, Ty Verde. Yeah. Uh, I said it. Logic. Logic. Maryland Wait, Log guy. Logic is there? Yeah, Maryland guy. Yeah. That new record is fucking incredible. Yeah, he's amazing. He's fucking awesome. I didn't know. You, I didn't even see that on the list. Yeah, Bobby was he's one of the first people involved, and so was Pup Punk. It's yeah. always a natural thing. We've got a lot of folks. Well, ladies and gentlemen, go catch OAR on tour. Obviously, you said you have like 15, 20 dates left there on this on this run. We're halfway through, so about 20 more. Go see the tour. Go to Ocean's Calling. Gentlemen, anything else for me? No, thank you. I love you. Thank you for what you're doing. I love you. I told you this before. I like that you celebrate and work hard on the road and show that and know it's going to be amazing. Pop's great, but behind all of it, we're all working out here on the road, so I appreciate you showing that. We love you. Mark, you've been like a shaman through the industry for us, so we really appreciate that. We love you guys. Everybody, go fucking see OAR on the road for Barstool Backstage. I'm out.